1: Joining us on the Harbor One hotline is the uh, longtime radio color analyst of the Cowboys, a former NFLer, and of course, a friend of Foyer's, (laughs) Babe Loffenberg with Gresh and Foyer. Babe, good afternoon. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you. And, And such an honor. That I am on the Christian Fourier show. That's what he calls it, by the way, Gush. Just so you know. Oh,
1: I'm very aware. Believe me, babe. I, <laughs> trust me. This, hey, babe. When we sat down to do the very first show, we're on something called Twitch, to where people can watch it online. And uh, Fourier said, and I quote, I need to be able to see myself." <laughs> that's, that's he's he's ta- he's leaving out context. It, it's it's that's not. As bad as it sounds, babe, and for a guy with the nickname Babe, I really don't think he has anything to say, right? It's like, your, your name is Babe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> now, I, now, Christian did tell you that we went to the same high school, right? Oh, we're eminently aware,
1: believe me. We've learned okay. all of, we've learned all about the superstars of Crispy Crisp High out there in, in California.
0: Now, I love it. You know what really hurt me, though? So I used I had I had two older brothers and I'd go to their games and I always thought these guys I remember there was a running back named Walt Steele and I just thought he was like the next Jim Brown and he never actually played college football, right? But I mean when you're little and you you see these guys oh my goodness so it just hurts me that Christian whose brother Lance played with my brother my younger brother has waited all this time to get me on the show. I would have thought he idolized no, well, no. <laughs> I me. Mean, you know, no, no, no. And then, and then By the way, you're, you're 20 coming years, back, babe. 20 years later, hey, we had a guy canceled. Can you fill in? Uh, if, see, we're gonna, that, if we're no, going to pile true. on
1: Christian, babe, you're in every week. No, it's, the thing is, like, the, <laughs> I have witnessed the first time that I was like, hey, listen, I know this really intelligent, bright, handsome guy, good-looking guy, smart, mm. been associated with the Cowboys forever. And everyone said, well, we don't want to talk football, you know, in, in that in depth, you know, so we don't want someone who, who really brings a high level knowledge to the game. So this is why I finally we had an opportunity to bring you on the show. We want you to nerd oh, out a it. little bit. Oh, that's what it, Yeah, Because in 2021, you couldn't have done that, babe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to nerd out. I'm right, ready to here, nerd out. Here
1: we go. Uh, how big a story is Zeke Elliott's return in Dallas? Because, babe, up here, this is just another game on the schedule. But what's it like down there?
0: Uh, sure. You know, what's funny is I think it would have been a bigger story uh, if the Cowboys hadn't, you know, just played a, a really a horrible football game against Arizona last week. So the focus has been on. You know how bad that game was for them. They gave up 220 yards rushing, and on and on and on. I think it would have been a bigger deal again if they hadn't had that kind of disaster that they had in the desert last week. But it's a, it'll be a big deal. I mean, I know he'll get a warm welcome. I know a lot of times players return to where they played, and they you know they get booed. I always wonder why? Why do you do that? Five to ten great years, whoever that guy is, right? And no matter the sport. Uh, I think he'll be well received uh, when he comes on the field. And Jerry Jones has mentioned the fact that uh, he's got a little surprise planned for Zeke. Mm. Don't know exactly what that is, but so I don't know if they're going. My, my guess is it'll be somewhat of a video tribute mm. before the game, something like that. Something that would never happen in New England, by the way.
1: Uh, Well, there's just—I guess maybe uh, Jones is really trying to just to soften up Ezekiel Elliott and trying to get him to not try as hard. Now we do a better job of bringing back the legends week one and honoring them before anything goes sideways in the season.
0: Right, right. No, that's smart.
1: Yeah, and and so I'm looking at this. uh, So. The, the, a couple of things that have been coming out uh, of Dallas, at least from our point of view, has been how good this defense is. But I did this thing with Gresh earlier today when we started our show, and I looked at the cupcakes that the Dallas Cowboys were playing with the Giants and the Jets and obviously the Arizona Cardinals who finally caught you while you were sleeping, as opposed to the right. Patriots who were playing like Philly and Miami and then the Jets. That's the one common game each team has. Are is Is the Dallas Cowboys defense a little, like, fraudulent? based on who they've played?
0: Um, they, they were literally setting records the first two games. So it's one thing to be good against a, a bad offense, but, I mean, they were just completely dominant, unblockable, whatever you want to call it. They, they outscored. You know, they gave up 10 points in two games. So, I mean, 10 points total in two games, uh, the first two. So, no, it's a really good defense. They didn't play well last year. Excuse me, last week. They'll be the first to tell you that. They they didn't play with the same aggression. They didn't play the same gap control that they've been playing. A little more freelancing going on. And uh, as you know, once you start freelancing a little bit defensively, uh, you lose gap integrity. And they, Arizona was able to make, break up six big runs on them in that game. Uh, but I don't see that same thing happening this week.
1: Babe, you were an offensive guy. What has been the noticeable difference to you, if any, between the former play caller and now Mike McCarthy having taken over and calling the plays?
0: It's a good question because I always think four games into it, you have a little bit of a handle on your team. By that time, you know, you played home, you played away, you probably played a bad team, you probably played a good team. So you have a little bit of feel for where it's going. But three games into it, the game in in uh, New York, the opener, um, it was rainy all night. So, those are tough conditions to, to be throwing the ball in. So, I think some of the offense, well, I know some of the offense will scale back just by virtue of the, the weather. Uh, last week against Arizona, Cowboys were missing three starting offensive linemen. And they really didn't know they weren't going to play until about Friday. So, two of them were future Hall of Famers, possible Hall of Famers, and Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. So, they started two guys that had never started an NFL game uh, in their career. So it was a little bit of a makeshift offensive line. So the whole key in that game was getting the ball out quick. They did not want to have Dak Prescott standing back there for three and a half seconds looking for a deep over route. So the the, the long answer to the short answer is we really haven't seen what Mike McCarthy is going to do with this offense because, again, two of the three games that they have played, the offense was compromised, one by the elements, the other by Missing three starters on the offensive line.
1: Interesting. So you know, uh, a lot of talk about Micah Parsons. Um, we're talking to Babe Laufenberg. Um, You know, Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, play by play and uh, sideline and everything. Great oh, person in the See, world. Now, now and he's the, trying. And you man, it, he's done it. Well, he's accomplished it. Oh, wait, did you play with Randy Cross?
0: I did not. He was older than me. But okay. another Crespi. Wait, hey, can I tell you something? If we're going to go go down the list of guys <laughs> that Crespi that played in the NFL. I don't know. Your show said you're over in an hour. Yeah, we're not gonna have time. Right. we're not gonna have time. It's a
1: lot. There's a lot. Is it more <laughs> than uh, Sierra Mist, wherever Brady went to oh, school yeah, or something, yeah. Sierra Madre or whatever? Yes, there is more. Um, That's but, funny. But Bill Belichick, uh, he didn't compare Micah Parsons and Lawrence Taylor. But that whole like comparison has been thrown around, and he actually, you know, said, "Listen, well, I'm not going to compare anyone to, to to Lawrence Taylor. He's just." too good but listen you played in the league a long time you've been covering the league a long time who would be your a comp for Micah Parsons
0: well I think Lawrence Taylor would be one of them and again I I heard coach Belichick's uh, press conference where he said I'm not going to ever put anybody by him in in terms of LT Uh, I will tell you I I did Bill Parcell's show for the four year TV show the four years he was here as a head coach in Dallas and I know his love for Lawrence Taylor uh, probably as Bill Belichick loves him. Um, it was for Bill Parcells. It was Lawrence Taylor, and then right below were his three daughters. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much he loved Lawrence Taylor. So I called him and I said, uh, "Hey, Coach," I said, because every year there's a new Lawrence Taylor, right? And uh, I said, "Coach, now this is Micah Parsons." I said, "He may be the next Lawrence Taylor." And without missing a beat, he said, "Yeah." go down to the bus station, there's a whole bunch of guys down there that are the next Lawrence Taylors. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, he's got to do it for, for the next, you know, seven, eight years, right? This is his third year in the league. But at, at times he is unblockable. Um, he can take over a game. You, you really – it's hard to block him one-on-one. It's hard to leave one guy on him. And I don't see the Patriots doing that. Um, I mean, they're they're going to give him a lot of attention. Uh, as they should. He is he is really really a good player. I think it's hard to get into comparisons when a guy is three games into his third year <laughs> to one to to literally the greatest linebacker that ever played.
1: Babe Loffenberg, Cowboys radio color analyst with Gresh and Fourier. Really handsome guy too. <laughs> Man, oh, yeah. You are you Boy, to make up for twenty years. Fourier is just uh, speak, laying it on. Speaking,
0: you you got to him. Speaking of Fourier, though, hold it. Speaking of Fourier. Christian, how many times did announcers butcher your name? All the time. Fourier. All the time. All the time.
1: Yeah, I just let it happen. And it's
0: amazing. I knew, obviously, you know, my brother played with your brother. And uh, so I knew Fourier, Crespi, and blah, blah, blah. But I'd listen to the announcers, and I'm one of them. I do the games where you're like, and they just start mumbling around. And the Cowboys had a guy. He may have come out in your same class, Christian. He was a tight end. Washington, guy named Eric Bjornsson.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, younger than me. Yeah, younger than me. Is he younger than you? Okay. Yeah. But, I want to say he married I mean, Br- uh Jes- J- Jen- Jessica Simpson or whatever. Uh, did he didn't he marry her? No, that was the Eric what's oh, his no, name? You, the tight end from the 49ers. Uh, Eric Johnson, I think, oh, Okay. Justin. Yeah, Bjornson. Yeah, yeah. Bjornson was a former quarterback too. So we don't really put him in
0: our tight end. Well, he was, but then he was an H-back. But anyway, they it's Bjornson. Bjornson. Yeah. Once you know the name, you'd, but every announcer would but they just could not get his name out. And I would be watching your games, Christian. And I'd be like, no, it's Fourier. It's not that hard. It's Fourier. Do you know that, like, just
1: real quickly, a quick story time. You, When I played for the Washington Redskins, um, you were obviously doing the games for the Cowboys. And I played against my, my second to last year in the league. And DeMarcus Ware, two, get, two plays in a row, put me on my back, embarrassed the hell on me. The announcers talked about how I gave up a sack and caused a fumble. I You were probably calling that game for the Dallas Cowboys and probably had to, like, you know, suck it up and just say that I did a terrible job. I remember that play like it was – because DeMarcus Ware was laughing at me as I came over there to block him at age
0: 37, by well, that, the way. Well, uh, that was a pretty good player there, too, in DeMarcus Ware. But, no, I blame that on the offensive coaching there staff. Go. I said, you got a fan – I said, you got a fan protection over there with DeMarcus Ware. And that, That's then what I did said too. That's today. what
1: I said when I Al Saunders when I was walking to the sideline. Why are you making me block this guy, <laughs>
0: Al Saunders? I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, he was my head coach in in San Diego. Well, look at that. He was my head coach there.
1: Well, you know, Babe, I was going to end it with this. You know, you were in Washington, San Diego, New Orleans, Kansas City, with Dallas as well. But uh, I have to figure that the real highlight of the Babe Laufenberg football career. Was the year with the Ohio Glory of the World League <laughs> of American Football? What can you share about that? You that?
0: Well, it was uh, it was interesting. I was actually thirty one years old, and I just and I know a couple of guys that that, that have done. I think Agent McCarron was playing in the XFL, the USFL. And, you know, when you're backup, I mean, all you want to do is play. And I always hate it when people say, "Oh, best job in the world." You sit there with a baseball cap and a clipboard. It's the worst job. You put in all the time. You wanna play. You don't you don't get into this to say, Hey, I think I want to stand around on the sidelines. So I went into the world league at that time. Um and by the way, part of the reason I did it, I was hoping, you know, I thought, Oh, this would be cool. World League, I'll play in Europe, I'll play in Barcelona, that'd be awesome. Play in Frankfurt, that'd be awesome. <laughs> London, that'd be cool. And I get I get picked by Columbus. <laughs> the Ohio Glory. I mean I'm in the, I'm in the mid the heart of America. When I thought I'd be over in Europe, but uh, it was okay. It was okay. And i I got to tell you quickly, too. I wish Christian uh, were older. I wish I had played with Christian because he would have had a statue at my high school, too. Because right now they've got one of me throwing the ball. And how cool would it have been to have another statue of Christian, like, putting his hands out to catch it? Ah, but,
1: look at that. Yeah, you know, maybe...
0: It's a great you idea.
1: That That's a great idea. Well, whenever, uh yeah, whenever, uh what is it again? Crespi what? Hi. Crespi Carmelite High School. Whenever Crespi, knows. So when Crespi Carmelite High School builds a new school, babe, and they erect a new statue, we can take the old one, match it up the, with the one that Fourier has in front of his house, and we can recreate what you he go. just said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, hey, yeah, I'm you- going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna- to. I'm going to call the administration after we hang up. I'm That's going to right. get this done. There you yeah. go. Hey, babe, thanks for the time. We really do
1: appreciate it. Have a uh, great call this weekend and a blast, and we will uh, catch you down the road.
0: My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Go South, Christian. There you go. go. Thanks, babe. There we go. Oh, guy. And there goes Babe my wow. favorite guest. Yeah.